0: Hello and welcome to LeaderShift. In this episode, I want to introduce you to a client of mine that had, quite frankly, an amazing transformation. And he is such a great representative of what can happen in your life. And he has so graciously agreed to come on and introduce himself and A little bit about where he was and what he's doing now. Um, I'm just going to give you his first name. His name is Zach. And uh, Zach, I just want to welcome you and thank you so much for being a part of this. And I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Hey, good morning, Emily. Thank you uh, for inviting me on. Love love, um, the partnership that you and I have had over the last couple months and really the transformation journey that you really helped me on. But uh, what I will do is I'll just tell you a little bit of a story about me um, that will really help kind of just set the tone, if you don't mind, on kind of how I got to where I was, like stuck in my career, and then why I was looking for a transformation. So I, um, if you don't mind, do we have time for that? Of course, go for it. Sure. So I uh, was was born and raised in a small country town, and I had uh, three sisters, right? So there's three of us. My mom, um, of course, was the matriarch of the family, and when we were younger, uh, believe it or not, our, what we call our biological father, he was uh, very addicted to drugs and alcohol, um, could never hold down a steady job, so we, as, as kids, you know, like being growing up at four years old, we saw the, the unstable lifestyle. We saw, you know, my mom always at fear and panic about where the next paycheck was going to come from. My mom working in, in a factory double shifts just to try and make um, ends meet while, you know, this guy was out um, on drugs, on alcohol um, and just never really providing for the family. And I'll never forget you know, there was, there was many times where, you know, I endured physical abuse, and, um, you know, there's one instance, though, I promise I'll, I'll relate this long term, but, um, you know, being at four years old, and we saw him come home, and we could immediately tell he was high, he was angry, and he was upset, and at that moment, he came over to me, and held just, I was watching cartoons with my sisters. And he held my wrist to the floor and was, while spitting in my face, he said, You'll never amount to anything in life. Ugh. And you will always be a failure, just like me. Ugh. And I never, like, it was in that moment at four years old that I promised myself I would never turn out to be him. Right. And, and if you go back to my childhood, like, you know, fast forward, you know, my mom had the courage to leave and got remarried to who we call now our dad. And, Um, there's now six of us, we have a little brother and sister, which, which is amazing and and family's great, but reflecting back on childhood, I was driven internally by my promise to myself that I'd never amount to him, right? I would never be him. I would never be the failure that, um, he said I was going to be. And, and what happened was that first translated into athletics, Um, So, you know, my mom working double factory shifts, trying to put herself through college and and earn a degree um, to better support her family. You know, we grew up in the pool. So we were competitive swimmers Um, by the age of five. I was competing competitively uh, with swimming and uh, believe it or not, I I never really kept track of um, all the ribbons, right? Like you just, hey I want another ribbon I got another ribbon I have another ribbon and they all just started collecting and you know those plastic totes that I'm sure all of our parents have um
2: mm-hmm. most definitely and
1: right and so <laughs> to me though Emily it was just always about I didn't want to be him I didn't want to be him and so my mom bless her heart she you know Heather, my wife and I've moved down here to Georgia and um she said hey we're cleaning out the house we're we're going to downsize retire um, I have some things of yours that I think you want, and one of them was this plastic tote, right? And so I go, so I I take the time, I went home, and and it was a plastic tote. There's a couple totes. There's like trophies everywhere, right? And so my mom, we got these this plastic tote of ribbons, and I remember getting it back here to Georgia, and I didn't open it up there because I was like, oh yeah, those are swim ribbons, right? When I opened it up, my mom had counted. Uh-huh. Um, the number of ribbons and there were 1176 first place ribbons, seven second place ribbons and nothing after that.
0: Oh my God. Right?
1: And so at that, so I was like, I, I was reflecting back and my wife and I were having this great conversation and she's like, what? F- like, this is incredible. Right. But then I ended up burning out with swimming um, in junior high. Uh, because I was just living in the pool, um, and my friends invited me to go to a tennis camp, so I went. I joined this summer tennis camp for a couple of weeks, and I was like, "Wow, I I can play tennis!" And so I set this goal in high school. So keep in mind, this is I was like seventh grade. The high school coach was like, "Look, we have a really great team. I think you just need to be satisfied. Just making the team would be great." And again, anytime I would hear, just be satisfied, you know, you're not ready yet. You're not good enough. What I didn't realize was my brain was always going back to, you will always be me. You will always be me. Right. But I, but I, but I could never correlate those two. And so I ended up, my mom, like such an amazing mom, you know, our parents always sacrificed for us. She ended up, I I refused to train with that high school coach. Um, I wanted someone who believed in me. And so I trained in Indianapolis, which was about an hour and 20 minutes from where we lived. And I wanted to attend this summer camp. And so it was every day. It started at 7 a.m. and ended at 4 p.m. all day long. My mom would get up at 5 a.m. She would drive me to hour and 20 minutes there. She would come back home to help raise, you know, my brothers and sisters then she would drive back up. So she was driving almost four and a half, five hours a day back and forth to Indianapolis to take me to this tennis camp. Um, so I ended up, fast forward, as a freshman, was a number one varsity player, beat out the seniors, did everything that this high school coach told me I couldn't do, had a record of 116 and four, um, which was amazing, right? But then again, I lost the same kid all four matches. Okay. And believe it or not, him and I are actually really good friends. Um, he went on, um, has, he plays on the professional tour. Um, he played, won a gold Olympic and, and doubles um, this past Olympics, like phenomenal guy,
2: wow.
1: but I'll never forget. I met him in the NCAA. So I went and played um, d- at a D1 program. He played at a D1 program. We could have played together on the same team, but I made the decision. I wanted to beat him. I didn't want to be on his team, right? Mm -hmm. The competitiveness of me was like, I need to beat him. And so we played the NCAAs. And I'll never forget our our coach that we trained with. We trained with the same coach in the summer. Said, you know, Zach, you should just really be satisfied that you've gotten to this match, right? The finals, like you should just be really satisfied. And again, like that would like just those words. I didn't realize it, but it would just spark something in me. And I ended up winning. I ended up beating him in that match.
2: Wow. Oh, that's awesome. And, and,
1: every, and everyone was forward, right? So fast forward, but I never knew, like, I, I always remember that promise, Emily. But how it translated in my career was I always remembered the promise. And so to me, I wanted to provide my family everything that we didn't have growing up, right? I wanted the stability. I wanted to ensure that we had the right income so that my family could go and not have to to figure out where's where's the next meal coming from? Where's this meal coming from? I didn't want them to have to worry about, are we going to be able to make ends meet? Um, I didn't want our children to experience us witnessing the water being turned off or electricity being turned off and then my mom scraping together enough money to go get it turned back on, right? So for me, it was, I was picking up any position that i could working extra hours i became this workaholic all to try and prove him wrong that i was not a failure and it was great like i transitioned my career now i've had a great career at this last you know the last company i've been for seven years and rose to the ranks very very quickly right i mean i was pretty much one of the youngest leaders to ever attain certain positions in the company everyone was envious of, you know, my success, you know, my family, my, you know, we lived a great life, right? We had a nice house. We, our bills were paid, you know, right? We could go on vacations and, but there was something in me that just desired more. Um, I felt really, really stuck in my career. And I had this pivotal position in my mind as a vice president, and for two years, I kept getting told, look, you're not ready yet. You need to work on this. You need to work on this skill. You need to work on that skill. Um, and so every year, it was funny, Emily, I would go to my year in review, which, of course, in most companies, we only had a, a yearly review. And it was, hey, yeah, you did a really great job with these things. But here are more things that we think you need to work on.
0: And honestly, and got, they were doing the the carrot dangling too, right? Which is yes. very familiar to all of us. Um, oh, if you improve this year, then next year, maybe something will be different.
1: Yeah. And I was getting really frustrated. And, you know, the fortunate thing is I, I had an executive coach. Uh, you know, they they uh, helped in my development. They helped, you know, connect me with an executive coach. You know, the company helped funded that. And, you know, for a couple of years, I thought, wow, they truly want me to be a leader in this company, right? So this executive coach and I, um, we spent a lot of time and she was so gracious. Like not only did we do do an internal 360, we ended up doing a life story. Um, And in this life story is where everything around this, you know, the, the introductory story that I just told, it all just came flooding out one day. During this life story, and I was a wreck. Like I was in tears. Like I started reliving everything. But I'll never forget. She said that what your career truly comes down to is you don't really think you're good enough, and you are trying to prove him wrong. And every time a leader in your organization right now says, "Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this." Instead of you realizing, am I right for this organization? You just keep going back into the trenches to try and prove that you're worthy enough, that that you really are that leader. And look, I was loyal to this company, company, great company, right? Very, very great company. They helped provide a lifestyle that I dreamed of for my family, but something was missing, right? Like, and Emily, you probably see it all the time. You you, you get leaders, and, and those of you listening you excel at what you do, right? You build great teams, you excel, you deliver beyond what the financial plan, original goal may be. And you think, okay, this is what's gonna earn me that next promotion, right? You build your leadership, you're constantly grooming yourself, you're building great team, your team members that, that you're leading are getting promoted, right? So you're doing everything organizations ask you to do, and yet you still feel stuck. And so I would say about 12 months ago, like, I think I truly hit that pivotal moment where I'm like, enough's enough. And I started putting feelers out in my network of, hey, is there anything open? And I had all these companies that were like, oh my gosh, we'd love for you to come. We need your resume. I'm like, resume? I've never really had a resume, right? Like, I haven't done something like this. And so I keep putting it off. So I put it off because I just, not that I didn't think a resume was important. I just didn't commit to making the time to do my resume because I didn't really know how to do it. right? I didn't know how to to create this resume. And so I continued to stay loyal to the company. um, And then I finally hit my wit's end. And I was like, and it was the moment when I came home one night and um, our daughter, oldest daughter, we were sitting down after dinner, we were watching a soccer game and I was on my phone and I remember she said, she said, dad, I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not as excited to watch this soccer game. And she's always excited to watch. So it's like, she's the number, like the number one crazy fan. Right. Mm-hmm. And I see, and I said, you know, sweetheart, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like what's wrong? And she said, you're more engaged in your cell phone than you are spending like an hour with me watching this game, no. and it's something that you and I love to do. Uh, and it was in that moment, Emily, where I was like, I have truly sacrificed everything. And I was what I was doing is I was responding to emails, right? Like, And it was 7.30, eight o'clock at night, I'm sitting here responding to emails, and as much as we want to think that our children don't recognize it, our children get it.
2: Oh, like 100%, they 100%. completely get it. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'll never forget. I went to bed and I literally broke down in my wife and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. And she said, Zach, this is, this is the message that you need of you need to get your, just get your resume done. Just set that as a goal. And that and that next morning, I didn't know. Like, I'm like, where do I? What do I need to do? And so I went on LinkedIn, and I was like, how do I get a resume service? And I just filled in a couple things, and of course, my email got absolutely flooded, right, with proposals and and this and that. And I and you were, I think you were like my third email that I opened, and I told my wife, okay, I know I'm gonna. I'm going to schedule this and I'm going to probably go with, with, Emily. And she's like, you don't even, how do you know? You haven't even interviewed this person. And I'm like, because the video that I watched and a little bit of research that I did on, on her LinkedIn profile, it's not just about the resume, but it's about you as a person. And it's about the transformation that you want to make. And it's about the journey that you're on, not just a piece of paper.
0: I love that like, you
1: said that. I love that you said and she's, that. And she's like, "Okay, whatever you want to do, do." And that's what it was for me. Emily was. When I watched your video, when I when I truly like researched you and your LinkedIn profile and read some of your newsletters and truly learned what you were about, I needed someone it wasn't really about you doing my resume, which I am so grateful for that you, that you did that and you updated my LinkedIn profile and you did all those great things. But what I really needed was that coach, someone who was going to challenge me, just like my tennis coach did, just like my swim coach did. I really needed someone to get in my head and challenge me to become a better me, not for him, not to prove him wrong. Cause I'd already done that. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, to do it for myself and to do it for my family, and that 's how you and I got connected
0: well, and I love that you shared all of this because what Zach is talking about is what we actually did on the first call together. We spent an hour talking about his life because in order for me to work with anyone, I have to understand motivations, and for some people it 's a bad marriage um, i've worked with um A lot of different people in abusive relationships. And by the way, I mainly work with men. So just don't think out there that only abuse happens to women because it does happen to men as well. And in this, so many things come up, so many triggers come up. And I believe that we attract where we emotionally are. And for me to sit here and say that that only happens in your personal life is just not true. And only when I get to know people on a deeper level can I help them find exactly what they're looking for. And in that first meeting, I have people fill out a dream job scenario. And Zach, I want you to talk about this because it was really funny when we had that first session. I want you to talk about what your wife thought of this exercise.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's funny. I, you know, Emily, I'll tell you, it's, it's funny early on. When I first graduated college, I was like the biggest dreamer you'd ever meet in your life, right? Like I would, my wife and I had just gotten married. We were living in an apartment um, in Indianapolis while my wife was finishing student teaching. And every Sunday after church, like we, I would go to open house because I I wanted to dream, right? I was the biggest dreamer. I was always like, I always had the vision boards. Like I was always dreaming, working on self-growth personal development, like to me, that's what fueled me. Right. And I think along the way, I got looking back on it, I got stuck in this career rut.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Where let's let's just be honest. We can all when we get in this rut, we all are essentially walking zombies. A hundred percent we wake up we wake up in the morning we're not even out of bed yet. And we're probably checking social media. We're probably checking our work email, um, our calendars on, Oh my gosh, what's the day for? We get in a shower, we get ready. We probably throw the cup of coffee on, we drive to work. And how many times do we drive to work and think, Oh my gosh, how did I get here? Cause I don't remember anything that I just did. Mm-hmm. We go throughout our day, we come home, you know, we have the dinner where some of us may be working. We might see the kids and then we do it all over again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: right and and through all of that and and I fell into that trap I was like this walking zombie workaholic and I just stopped dreaming like I stopped dreaming I stopped um, reading I stopped listening to podcasts um, I was just in this rut and so when you introduce this exercise like I was really excited for it so I'm like oh my gosh she's challenging me to go back to when I was at my peak moment of dreaming and setting those goals. And I remember, I remember seeing down. my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm doing my dream job. What it is. And she's like, what? I thought she was doing your resume LinkedIn profile. I don't, I don't understand that. So I was sitting down and saying, well, you know, what, babe, I really need to understand where I want to go. And how do we tailor the the resume to the company, all these different things. Right. And she's like, is there really a, truly a dream job out there? Like we all chase this, this dream job that we, we build in our head. But is there truly a dream job out there? Like she was challenging me back. And look, I, my wife's the practical one, right? She is that practical, this is, this is what we need to do. And I love it because we are a true opposites attract and she is my equilibrium. Um, but it was great to have her challenge me back because it really put me more and more and more in thought of what is it that I truly want and that exercise Emily was to me it wasn't about oh I got to make more money right it wasn't just about my salary it wasn't just about my health benefits you know the, the the core things that we all truly just job hop. Let's just, let's just be honest, right? We yes. all, no matter, no matter who we are, what position we have from frontline to CEO, we all believe we are more talented and deserve more money, right, of and course. benefits could always be better and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is I was the same way. I was always chasing the money, the titles, because I truly believed I was trying to prove him wrong. But what this exercise did for me was, really think about where you are and how are you when you are at your best. Mm-hmm. And if you can take that person and we all know that we all know what lights, what I call light our souls on fire that, and you just challenged me to say, okay, that lights my soul on fire. What is it that I want to do every day? And of course there was some, some money things in there and all these different things, but like, what's what's work-life balance mean to me what does this mean and that truly like set me free and I remember did the exercise in the next morning my wife and I were were walking the dogs actually and she said so how'd that go and (laughs) I said you know what babe it was actually pretty liberating like it was great to put myself outside of work for two hours and focus on myself and what my passions are. Because if I'm living on my passions every day, then it's not gonna impact our home life. And let's agree, chasing this status quo job that I've been in for seven years was impacting us. Right. And the light bulb, the light bulb went off for her as well. And she said, you know what? I've never thought about it that way. I mean, it was, it was awesome.
0: I I love that because it's so true. I had a very similar situation to you in terms of eating away at my family. And I used to, I I tell people all the time that my marriage was surviving on, I'm sorry, because I was late to everything. I was, because I was working late. I was giving my soul over to something that I wasn't even passionate about anymore. I was living in Security, you know, oh, well, I have these great benefits, I have these great things, and I should be grateful for where I am. So I 1000% relate to you. And that's actually why I created this exercise because it's what I personally took myself through when I was in this metamorphosis. Now it took me (laughs) 24 months to figure all this out on my own. And what I love is that now I can do it with my clients. what I love, and Zach hasn't even said, is from when he did that exercise to receiving a job offer was, I think it was literally like 30 or 45 days, which is insane. And it was his dream job. Now, what I want to say is results are not typical, right? Let's let's be real here. You also hear the passion in Zach's voice. You also understand where he was in a mental standpoint and how he was ready. And honestly, that's what I've noticed with most of my clients is the people that are truly ready and give over to the process and truly, you know, put their heart and soul into some of the exercises we work on, they have the results that Zach has. And Zach, I'm just blown away at how this whole process unfolded because I would love for you to talk about where you are today. Um, Obviously you don't have to name companies or anything, but you know, titles, and, you know, from a monetary standpoint, the percentage maybe that your salary went up, or, you know, any of those things that you're willing to share?
1: Yeah, no, no, and, and, you know, Emily, I think the the advice that I would give to the listeners is, look, for 18 months, I truly thought I was ready, right? I really thought, okay, I'm ready to leave, and Mm -hmm. it would be that meeting that just set me over the top, right, that I'd get really upset about, or, it was the, hey, we're gonna we're gonna give everyone raises, and then all of a sudden we're not gonna give the raises. And it wasn't about my raise, it was about not having to go talk to my team about mm-hmm. not being able to deliver that raise to them, right? Or mm-hmm. it was just those little things that continue to mount, where every time I'd be like, I'd come home and I'd say, I, I just need to find a different job, I need to find a different job, but I truly was not mentally ready letting go yeah right and look let's just all be honest we we all get attached to our careers right mm-hmm. how many times have you taken a job and someone asks you within the first like month oh how's the new job going and what does everybody say it's great it's awesome it's <laughs> unbelievable it, it, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me it, you know it, they're in that honeymoon stage yeah Right, And and just like marriage, look, my wife and I have shared our fair share of marriage challenges that we've had to overcome, just like everyone probably listening has, or if you've been in a relationship, but you, like you said, you mentally have to be ready for, I'm ready to let go, right? Mm -hmm. It is time for me to let go. And I read this article, I, I remember one of the other things that really... I think just kind of motivated me as I read this Harvard business article about leaving a job was like breaking up from a relationship that you have.
0: It's a hundred percent true. Yes. The parallel ridiculous. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And so we may stay in that relationship or we may stay in that career because of the fear of what's next. The fear Mm -hmm. of Well, am I going to be able to earn this money at the next job? Am I going to have these, you know, these benefits at the next job? I have some flexibility now with my current job, even though I truly don't really love it, but will will my next company be this flexible, right? Because I have to be able to get my kids from school or I have to take them here or there. And so we, so we always will just remain satisfied, right? We will talk ourselves into why we need to stay at that company. And what I truly realized was one, I wasn't fulfilled any longer at this at this job. Like it was hard for me to get up in the morning. It wasn't filling my cup. My cup wasn't running over anymore. And I knew becoming a workaholic, look, I knew I was gonna work hard in my next job. And I knew at the next company, there would be times where I'd answer emails but I wanted greater balance and flexibility. So I had to get myself mentally ready Mm -hmm. of essentially of of breaking up. Yeah. Right. And, and it wasn't about breaking up with the company. Cause let's just be honest. We are all replaceable. Of course. Yeah. Right. But it was about breaking up with my team, the team that I absolutely loved Mm -hmm. and the team that, Always put everything on the line with me. It was the colleagues, it was cross-functional partners that I had a tremendous amount of respect for and an incredible relationship with. And it was really the people that I didn't want to leave, right? Because they were incredible people, especially when 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 it called for you had to get in the trenches. Yeah. And and when I one of the things that you told me in our very first conversation was, you're not breaking up with the people. Right. You will continue to have those relationships if they're as solid as what you say they are. But it's time for you to let yourself free to go to a new company. Yeah. So mentally, like mentally, you have to be ready for that. So, so if you think back, I remember, you know, it was you, you had this exercise. Part of this exercise was the top brands that you would go work for. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow, this is I'm I'm thinking, oh, this is fun. Right? I've never done something like this before. And to me, it wasn't, you know, if you think about um, most people would have some of those iconic brands, right? Like Mm -hmm. the Apples and the Googles, and as much of those companies are great. I really looked at, yeah, I could go work for those companies. And it'd be awesome to say I work for Amazon, or I'm a leader at Apple, or all these different things. But they don't do what really sets my soul on fire. Yeah, I started thinking about, what do I do in my free time with my family that I truly love? And it was being outdoors. There was athletics and sports. You know, our, 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 children are big into sports and competing. It was hiking. Um, it was being at, at or on the ocean. Like we are a very outdoors type family athletic where if you see us, we're pretty much always going to be in leisure wear unless we're at church and we're still probably in jeans. And tennis shoes because we're probably going to the mountains right afterwards um but i started thinking about the brands that i loved and why i love them and those were the brands that i wanted to go be part of right and mm-hmm. uh, so i so i did that i i had the number one brand that i wanted to work for it wasn't necessarily like an apparel company um that i wear that i love to wear pack with me but it was a company it's a company that Essentially, if you, if you know me, my passion is customer experience, right? Absolutely, that what's, that's what sets my soul on fire. And this company enables um, companies to truly engage with their customers, anywhere that they are. You know, as customers, we all know we want to be, you know, we want to engage with companies. We want personalization. We want all these things. And the number one on, on my list was this was the company that empowered companies around the world to do that right? And I was a customer of theirs at at my former company. And I said, I want to go work for this company. Every interaction that I've had with them as a customer of theirs for four years has been great. Their team's always been awesome. You know, I love the customer journey within the journey of solving challenges and helping, you know, brands create essentially better experiences for their companies. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I we we did this right. So fast forward, my resume is complete. Which, by the way, one of the most liberating things—I think I may have told you this—one of the most liberating things was to have my resume. And I remember you saying, Zach, your LinkedIn profile sucks. <laughs> I'm like,
0: honest. I can't help it. It's part of what. But I it was
1: great. I'm a straight shooter, right? Which I loved about you. But you were like, I could tell you haven't been looking for a job. But let's just be honest, even when you're keynoting, because, you know, I I mentioned to you that I do a lot of keynotes, probably five or six different keynotes a year. Right. And you're like, but you're not marketing yourself. Right. Because they go and look at your LinkedIn profile. They're like, "Uh, wah, wah, wah. So one of the most liberating things that I did, even though I wanted, like, I really only had my mind set, my aspirations were set on just a couple brands, but I literally you know, I felt kind of trapped because I never had a resume. I literally went on and applied for over 60 jobs with that resume Wow! on LinkedIn just because I could, right? And wow. it felt so great to just send them my res. Like I was so proud of my resume um, and, and, and just how you put my story together, right? It wasn't just I'm boasting about myself but you truly told the story of my career and, and how I empower teams, which was awesome. Um, so, so fast forward, had my list of brands. I reached out to those brands, uh, which was amazing. So out of the six brands that I said, hey, this is, these are the brands that I really am passionate about. Um, I had interviews with four of them, uh, which was awesome. Um, and my number one brand, like, was amazing. I had interviews with so many different leaders in that company. Uh, You know, they offered me a role. So I essentially what I do is I consult globally for iconic brands, um, all the brands that we love, uh, which is great. And I'll never forget, we were sitting down on the phone with them. And it's like, kind of reviewing salaries. And I was golden handcuffs, right, in a video that you had, mm-hmm. and I truly and I truly believed. Okay, there's I get paid really, really well at my current role, my current job. I don't know if there's another company that can truly match. You know this. Not only did they match it, I had a pay increase. The benefits, like the health benefits, were significantly better. Like when I'm talking about better. I'm talking significantly better. And I pay a lower premium for better insurance benefits that I did at my former company. Um, And just the other tangible things that a lot of people look for, my 401k was richer, right? Stock Mm -hmm. options were rich, like all these different things, the tangible things that everyone has to check off their list of, am I going to this company? They were all richer, right? And so I remember telling my wife, I was so excited. I remember telling my wife, and showing her the offer when it came over on paper and she said, Zach, that's great. And she was excited, but she said, you didn't just go through this process and about money. Right. Is this truly going to fuel your soul? Like, is this going to set you on fire? Are you going to be, are you going to go back to being the Zach that everyone truly admires because you want to help them solve challenges and you want to empower them or is this, you're just going to take this job, continue to be the same zombie, Zach, just because of the money. Oh, and I thought, and I thought that was a great challenge, right? Yes. Like my wife is my best friend. She has seen the best days for me. She has seen me at my, my lowest moments. Her and I talked so much through this process and I was explaining everything that we were doing. And at first she didn't truly believe in the exercise that you challenged me to do but then when she realized what you had me do she challenged me back on it Mm -hmm. and i said you know what i really believe this is what's going to set my soul on fire and so i so now i'm like week five in and i've never like yes i'm still in the honeymoon stage and trust me every company has their opportunities right um but what i love the most. Is the day that I started, I had a vacation planned for three days after. My girls were going on fall break, and I had this vacation planned. And how many of us, how many of you listening would change your start date because of your vacation and just mm-hmm. postpone you going and living your dream? Or you would cancel your vacation because yeah. you're starting a new job? And I remember telling uh, the person I reported to and, uh, and she said, look, Zach, you have unlimited PTO. We understand that you already had this planned. We're going to keep the start date. You're going to work your couple days, uh, you know, of onboarding. And then you're going to go enjoy that vacation with your family. Oh, your family, your family deserves that. Right. And so my, my family and I, we go on this vacation, and after the vacation, we always ask our girls, um, you know, what was the high point of vacation? What was your favorite mm-hmm. point? And I'll never forget my seven-year-old said, Dad, my favorite part of vacation was you actually got to enjoy vacation. And we went to Disney, right? Oh. We're, we're annual pass holders. We've been there. And she said, you, you truly were able to enjoy vacation with us. She said, you know what, Dad? Many times that we've been to Disney and you've had to leave to go back to the resort in order to take conference calls or you've been on emails like you still have to like I was always available right during holidays and vacations our girls still saw me working because that was the expectation. And in that first week when this new company just said no and we want you to enjoy your family we want you to enjoy your vacations. That right there just brought tears to my eyes, right? our, our Look, our children know. They our do. children are so impacted. And so my next day back, so the day back from vacation, uh, my leader calls me and she said, hey, how's vacation? It wasn't about, hey, this, this, and this. It was like, how was vacation? No. And I told her that story. And she said, that just warms my heart to know that this is the right partnership, both for you, both for us. We couldn't be happier to have you. And it has just been incredible, right? The development's been there, the challenges have been there. You know, working with top brands that, like everyone, every company has their challenges are gearing up for a phenomenal Q4, going into 2020, you know, what's 20, end of 2020 look like? It's just been amazing, but the work-life balance has been awesome right just it's been incredibly awesome
0: that makes me so happy for you and it's you've touched on a couple of um your children yourself when you were four and then your daughter at seven and it's so funny because i have a four-year-old son and the thought of you know ingraining such a, a horrible thing in him is scary right that that kids really are impressionable and carry everything with them and then seeing how this came full circle with your seven-year-old and how you have broken the family cycle first and foremost, it was something you were very much adamant about never being a part of, but deep in that was truly giving your children you, right? And that's what this job has afforded you, is for you to be the father that you never had.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I love absolutely. That. I think-
1: no, and, and I, you know, I've told you many times on text message, um, I am forever grateful. But I think the other thing to the viewers or the listeners, you know, if you're in a leadership role, right, we always have team roles to hire for. And, and you remember when I told you, Emily, I don't even know how to interview, right? Like I'm the interviewer and I've interviewed hundreds of candidates, but I have like no clue. How to interview. And I remember you laughing and joking around and you're like, don't worry, I got you. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you the one, the other exercise that I think was the, one of the most pivotal things was how to answer the question about, so tell me about yourself. Uh-huh. Right. Think about that as an interviewer. That was kind of like my break the ice question. Yes. Right. What every single candidate, every company does it. If you're listening you're probably laughing especially if you interview because you you probably ask that same question. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most awkward like as an interviewer that's the most awkward question because I know it's really awkward for someone the interviewee. Right. Like, your your approach to answering that question on every interview that I took before. After uh, after I completed my answer and and I don't want to go too much into it, right? Um, but they all looked at me and said, wow. And then, and then the interview lasted like maybe 10 or 15 minutes after that, it became more of a conversation. Yes. And, and how I would potentially fit into that company, into that role, how that company could fit into, to my strengths versus the same. So tell me about this and tell me about that, Mm -hmm. that robotic interview. And so for the listeners out there, if you are truly thinking about, it is time for me to make a career switch. I am ready. I cannot tell you, it's not about the resume. It's not about the LinkedIn profile. And yes, Emily, you, you give an amazing way on how to answer that. Just uh, that first awful question that I think we should just get rid of in interviews in companies around the world. Mm-hmm. But it's you empowering people to truly live their dream.
0: Uh, That is my goal.
1: Help them to dream again.
0: Uh, Thank you, Zach. That's exactly what I want to do because I learned all this for myself when I was in a very similar situation to you. And it is my life's mission to empower as many people as possible to be living their dreams, to be living their full potential and their purpose. And I love everything you said, especially about you've you've gathered all this experience over the years and the true purpose is to contribute to others. And what I love is that because you are able to work with so many brands and so many different organizations now, your impact is so much deeper and so much more widespread than it ever could be for one organization. And, you know, you can meet with me a hundred times, whatever, but until you have that realization for yourself, that doesn't come to fruition. And what I love is that you wholeheartedly took every exercise we did. You showed up with your homework done. There's always homework. Um, and you, you answered everything so incredibly beautifully and you took my hard advice because you know me, I'm, I'm a straight shooter and there are times when I'm like, nope, you don't need that. you are trying too hard here. You're doing this. Don't worry about that. And you're teachable, you know, and, and you're an amazing listener. And I know that's why you've gone as far as you have in your career because you understand what it's like to have a great experience, you know, and have a bad experience and just listening to people and truly understanding who they are. I, I was so sad when our sessions were done. I get really attached to my clients. And in the last session, I'm typically like trying to hold back tears. Cause I'm like, you're, you don't need me anymore, which is the point, by the way, nobody needs me uh, after that. I, I want to consider this Something where you've learned to look in the mirror and utilize everything that's standing before you and Just like you said empowering yourself and I I couldn't be happier for you, Zach I I just I think that you're a phenomenal human being and What would you say to someone who's debating a job search right now?
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for those kind words. It's it's so it's so humbling to get those from you you know, I it's funny. The last couple of weeks, you know, I get to enjoy um, not just a great company, but remote work plus. So I do to do, do some travel, right? So actually, the last two weeks, it's been awesome. I've been working from home. My wife would probably tell you she's probably going crazy because I think our grocery bill is going up. But <laughs> um, I have been able to have lunch um, or dinner with colleagues, former colleagues, right? And and I. I'll give the listeners the same message where they're they're frustrated, right? They're stuck in a rut and they're like, Zach, I saw you at lunch the other day. You're just so happy, right? You're, You're a completely different person. And the advice that I give them is you have to determine how much longer you're willing to accept where you're at right now.
2: No, oh,
1: I love that. We all, we all have our different thresholds, right? Someone might be, okay, it's, and, and there, you can't ever put a time on it, right? Everyone wants you to put a time limit on when should that be. And I oh, yes. think there's always that, and there's always that, well, this ancient rule of you should stay at your company for three to five years before you go to another one. And then you truly recognize in the first twelve to eighteen months it just isn't gonna it's not a great fit. But like we hold ourselves into our own prison of what stereotypical beliefs are, which I think are ridiculous.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um but I always tell them you have to decide the threshold in which you're gonna no longer tolerate this. And because I can I can hook you up with Emily. Um I can make a connection for you at all the different, you know, my entire network like to me, it's it's about opening up my network um, to everyone. But unless you're truly ready, which you've decided what your threshold is and that you are really ready to make that commitment, no matter how many contacts I put you in touch with, no matter what any resources give you, you won't make the change because you haven't determined in your own mind what that limit is for you. And so I think for your listeners, take it from me, you've got to determine um, what your limit is, right? Mm -hmm. We're all different. But once you determine what's my limit, what's the threshold that I'm going to accept of just not being passionate about my job or doing the zombie walk every single day, there will be a day, there will be that aha moment, just like it hit me. And it will come, it may not come from one of your children right? It may come from a song that you're listening to. It may come while you're exercising, but it's like going to be a truck that just hits you Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it's, I'm ready. And it's going to be that moment. It's different for everyone, but when you do get that moment, that's time to take action, right? Don't get the aha moment and don't take action because then you're going to go right back to that rut and you're going to convince yourself in your mind why the current rut that you're in is still the, the okay rut for you.
0: And that's the and definition so of insanity, right? Because you're doing yeah. this over and over again and wishing for something different. Absolutely. And I was doing that. And I think, I think the
1: other thing too, if your listeners is, if you're not ready, let's say mentally, you're not ready to take that step. That's okay. But what I tell you is write down what's the action plan that I will take or that I know I'll need to do when I am ready. And that may be reaching out to a career coach like Emily. It could be updating your resume, updating LinkedIn profile, maybe whatever those action steps, those tangible action steps are that you know I'm going to have to do, write them on a piece of paper and stick them somewhere that you know you're going to find, right? Maybe it's like in a bathroom drawer on your mirror in your wallet, whatever it may be. That way when you hit that aha moment, you have that piece of paper and that is your roadmap to going and changing your life.
0: It is, it 1000% is. And if you've learned anything from Zach, it's really about clarity and then taking the steps. That's all he did is clarified where he wanted to go and took the steps. When you break it down like that, it seems so simple. I mean, you've heard, He, all of the emotions and everything that he went through, and he's a high-ranking exec. That's the other thing I want everyone to know is this is not something a new graduate goes through. This is not something a middle manager goes through. This is not something a CEO goes through. We all go through these feelings. No matter what level you're at, it's normal to feel this way, and the most successful people get help in order to move through them to get unstuck faster that's really the goal here yeah yeah and I would
1: the other thing I would say Emily is be coachable right and and that's Mm -hmm. such a I don't I don't don't want to say it's a misused phrase um but you know you you hear all the time from your leader of you know if you truly want to excel in your career you really got to be coachable but what does that truly mean Mm -hmm. right like I've always struggled with well what does being coachable mean, right? Because if you look back at interactions between myself and even my my swim coach or my tennis coach, it wasn't like the coach just said, "Oh, go do this," and it was sir, yes, sir, right? And then I just blindly went and did it. But it's asking questions.
2: Yeah. Right?
1: It's it's seeking to understand. It's challenging back. I mean, I know you and I had a couple conversations throughout where I challenge you back of, is that really? Like, mm-hmm. you really? And, and it, it was just that healthy debate that you and I had back and forth to get me to help to think differently, right? You weren't trying to change my beliefs. You were just trying to bring in a different perspective with everything that you've learned since you've been doing this, right? And so yes. being coachable is, one, being willing to, to take the risk it's about asking questions, seeking to understand, it's mm-hmm. about challenging your coach back to truly understand a different position. Like those are the things that I think about about being coachable and then of course it's about doing the homework. And it's and and let's just let's face it it's not homework just to have homework. Mm-hmm. You're truly trying to get the person to internalize and look at themselves. Yes. And what they want. And if and if you do that, if you just do those things, being coachable, doing the homework to reflect on yourself, investing in yourself. I'm like any person can can have the same outcome as I did. Right. I mean, job offer in 30 days, started a new role in 45 days. But it, it wasn't because I took things lightly. Right. I scheduled my appointments with you. I did the homework. We had our great conversations. I had you help me find clarity and truly set my sights on what I wanted. And then it was, oh, by the way, here's your resume and LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Let's go. That's what I, that's my advice I'd give the, the listeners.
0: And I personally love healthy debate. I love when my clients, you are not the only one who's debated certain activities that we do together. And I welcome it because I believe in it so much. And I love talking someone through their own issue with the question or the thing or the tactic or whatever it is because it usually comes down to some sort of limiting belief or like you were saying before, these rules that aren't even written down anywhere about how long you're supposed to stay somewhere, how you're supposed to answer this or how you're supposed to do certain things. A lot of that's not written down. It's just stuff that we have internalized and just feel is there. So Zach, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for taking a chance on me. Uh, I've truly enjoyed working with you. Being a part of this success has been just so amazing and I cannot wait to continue to follow you and see where you're going to go and all the companies you're going to impact. You better tell me when you're doing various
2: things.
0: (laughs) Watch the brands and watch them flourish because I know they're going to. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emily, and uh, look forward to connecting soon.
0: Awesome.